from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. And welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. We got a great episode slated for you all today. Well, not solely that O'Brien with our previous episode, great, but still pretty strong. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a shot there. Uh, but we're going to do some reflection on this past year. Okay, it's a great episode. You're going to love it. First, though, remember, if you love what we do here, join the channel on YouTube. It's $3 a month. And with that, you can become a baby shark or if doing things through, you know, big tech's not your thing, no problem. Head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. All proceeds directly support, help this channel produce biggest, best show that we possibly can. Now, let's get back to today's show. We're going to chat with an executive, one that went through a major transition in 2020, You know, a transition that was larger than just the, you know, the the one that we all went through with COVID. It's a good, raw discussion. And like I said earlier, it's really reflecting on what happened this past year. The emotions of it all, how it transpired from an executive leadership point of view, and really looking forward, not to the end of 2021, but looking forward to 2022 and beyond, how this has had an impact to us all. It really comes down to understanding what happened and what we learned from it so that we can go forward. From being prepared to understanding how your customers have responded and adopted. A lot was learned during this experience. History repeats itself. And while who knows if we'll have another pandemic during our lifetimes, you may run into similar business situations at some point in the future. And, you know, the past holds the key for that situation. What we just experienced, you know, in your day-to-day life is something like, oh, I've been through this before. I know to do this, not that. Reflection is healthy. So who is today's guest? Oh, so glad you asked. Mr. Blake Barkhouse. Blake Barkhouse is the VP of SAP Business One Practice in Canada for Vision 33. Blake has over 20 years working in the ERP and business application space with a big background in corporate finance, IT, and operations. When it comes down to it, Blake just loves helping Canadian companies grow their business. Blake also made a huge change of venue just days prior to everything closing down in 2020 when he ended up moving to a brand new position as VP at Vision 33. I mean, talk about a more nervous time to make a career change than when that happened. It's pretty crazy. It's a great story. You're going to love our conversation. So I'm going to shut up now. Hey, let's bring Blake on in here. Business strategy. Blake, 
Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became shark bait. Oh, no. Thanks, David. <laughs> no problem. So, yeah, we have a tradition on the show. Very first question is same thing to everybody. What's your experience? What's your background? How did you get where you were? I mean, you weren't, you didn't just get born yesterday into the VP of Vision 33. How'd you get there? Tell us really what makes Blake Blake? Wow. Have to go back a few years if you're going to put it in that kind of context. So, yes, I have, um, you know, been in, if I think the career wise, I've been in the SAP space for a long time now. It's going to go back. 15 or 16 years. Um, you know, we were with another publisher at that point in time. And I still really remember that phone call from, from SAP Canada saying, you really need to look at what we're going to do here. You're going to miss out. Um, and I'm sure so, that they were very nice. Yeah. You know what? It didn't start out <laughs> that way, you know, but um, at that point in time, you know, we had a practice in, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and anything we thought of about SAP would be too big for the market, right? So there was a number of, you know, thanks for calling, but no thanks, which, as you know, Dave, goes a long way when you say no, right? So, you yeah, know, the calls yeah. kept coming. So we eventually went up and saw it in Montreal, I think. Everybody we- wants what they can't have or what they can't sell. If I if you're saying no, you're not going to buy it, meaning I can't sell you. I've got to keep trying harder to get you to say yes. I mean, that's how I think successful people work. Yeah, but I know, take especially, a step when the, back. especially when the no was convincing. I, I don't think this is going to be good for us. Right. So. Right. Um, and then, you know, just the invite uh, became a plane ticket in a hotel, I think, if I go back that many years. Right. So we went up and, and spent a week for them and with them. And I. Man, I think by day two, I was thinking to myself, this they're right. I either have a, a big problem with our business or, you know, we, we take this product on. So it was that let, kind let, of- Let's just take one quick step back just to explain to all of our listeners out there. Everybody knows my day job is with Vision 33 and I do small business ERP with SAP Business One. Sage Intact. And what Blake is explaining to us is he was his own partner with, you know, we we call them VARs in our industry. He was his own company working with these partnerships with these big tech companies like SAP and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. And that's how I, you know, I got into it. But if I go back before that, like my background is in you know, corporate finance. And as a a young guy who graduated from Dalhousie University in the early 90s, it just happened to be a a downturn at that point in time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to move to Vancouver because why not? There's not a lot going on here right now. So I picked up and, you know, put everything literally into a, uh, if you buy this car, make sure you understand that uh, I can't come back type car. And drove across the country and dipped into the U.S. a couple of times and ended up in, in Vancouver, B.C. and spent and ended up spending four years there, much to my my mother's disappointment. But Vancouver is beautiful. Yeah, I was surprised. yeah. No, it's just the, the travel. And, and hey, look, we put all this time into you and you move away just when you're starting to be less maintenance. This is horrible. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I spent four years in Vancouver more on the corporate finance side, certainly I had opportunities to be into IT and operations. And that's really where, you know, I Okay, so that, that's where things are piecing together with me a little bit because 
one of the things that we focus on this show is the personal growth slash personal transformation. How'd you get where you're at? Because there's a lot of young executives or even people that are 50, 60 years old that are looking for career changes, stuff like that. It sounds like knowing what I know of the ERP industry, you had all the pieces. I mean, you just said financial, you know, you, you just said, what was the last thing you just mentioned? On the operations, right? Just the operations side. So it sounds like you're already pulling all those skill sets together. Right. And I would have told you, you know, back then my career would have been to stay in the, in the corporate world and, and, you know, go from there. Right. So, but I had that entrepreneurial bug early, right? I said, you know, wow, I don't really like to be told what to do so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, but as as jumping forward, you know, customers tell me what to do right now. So it didn't totally work out that I would have somebody <laughs> telling me what to do. But but yeah, that so entrepreneurial I, bug is funny, though, the way that yeah. it kind of just jumps around in people. And I've had it, you know, I, I found a trend. Most people that come on this show that are business owners, they're like, yeah, I've always wanted to own a business. I've, I've been, I've had that entrepreneurial spirit since I was a kid. And I always ask, why do you think that you have that? And they're like, well, my parents were business owners or my grandparents owned the business and we were there working with them or blah, blah. It seems like it runs through family lines a little bit. Is that your case? Yeah, you know, it ran, my mother was a, a teacher, so that doesn't really seem to to run in that same line. But my father was certainly much mm-hmm. more of a of an entrepreneur. Um, okay, you know, I was comfortable with both sides of it. Like I realized that as a young person without a lot of experience, you know, my job was to make my my boss look good, um, to do the yep. job right, and then and then you know opportunities would come. Really, that's that's. Um, that's exactly how I got promoted to GM, the general manager here at Vision 33. You keep making right. your bosses look good by closing all these big deals. Eventually, it's going to get noticed by someone higher up. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, as a, as a side bar to that, it's a whole other topic. And maybe you and I have another episode <laughs> is I often get asked, you know, some of the mentorships when I became a you know, professional. I have two professional designations. Can you come in and talk to some of these people who are just starting off about what the right thing is to do. And they all often hear, you know, take a job. That's your passion. And if I look back, I said, you know, I didn't do that. I took a job that, um, you know, got me some experience and I might've traded, you know, some of that over for being in the right company with the right people that were going to teach me something. Um, and, and did that first. And later on that just created, you got the experience rather than the passion. Cause that's the one thing everybody's like, Hey, you've got to do what you love, you know? And I think that's true when you're like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to lay down my roots and, you know, stay with a company for the rest of my life and just build this like I am right now with my Northeast region. But, you know, I think early on, you have to kind of balance that with the experience because toughing it out for one, two, three, four, five years, but you know, instead of maybe it's not something you're enamored with, but you're gaining some valuable experience that is going to carry with you for the rest of your career. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. You got to be careful with those first few choices that you know, yeah, is it about yeah. getting, getting the opportunities. And then when you get in there, just be, you know, do a good job. And, and as we said earlier, people will come along and pick you for things because you're the, 
the person that you know works easily and get things done. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know if there's other region than the U.S. that would compare to what I'm going to say about Canada. But Canada has a tendency to draw talent from the east and they head west, whether that's Toronto or Vancouver. So. You know, when you're in, it anyone, used to be here like this. You know, everybody would go out. I mean, look at Silicon Valley and places like that. Now I think it's a little bit more spread out because you right. have places like Austin, Texas, where you don't have to go to Silicon Valley now. You can go to Austin, or there's definitely places up here throughout the Northeast that are hubs for specific things. But I would say maybe pre 10 years ago, like depending what you're doing, you know, if you want to make a podcast or whatever you've got to move out to hollywood you've got to move out to silicon valley so yeah I, and then even if we go to 2021 20, we're going to talk about the, the ability to work from home or the acceptance of remote i think is really you know blurred what you would have had to do you know back in early 90s you had to pick up and go there right so yeah you know both of those cities you know anybody you bump into probably is from somewhere else in Canada and, and you know quite often Nova Scotia Newfoundland things like that yeah so uh, oh yeah definitely definitely that was uh, I was gonna say I don't know if you know but right now we're in the midst of this big global pandemic like COVID-19 or something it's called bad rumor pretty yeah <laughs> so you know one thing that I brought up on the the show many times was that last March April everybody had their marketing plans for 2020 and they were just starting to ramp up. I mean, look at us here at vision 33, you know, we were just starting to really ramp up our global marketing initiatives for 2020. And then everything starts shutting down. And then we realized, Oh wait, this flattened the curve two week things. Yeah, it's going to be months, maybe summer, you know, then it turned into maybe fall, maybe next year, you know, and here we are in, in you know, almost mid 2021 and we're still there. But what I'm getting to with that is that everybody had to check that marketing plan, their business plan, their business strategy, their go to market, whatever it is out the window. So what do you think about, um, you know, I guess what people were planning on versus what we actually saw happen there in 2020. What's your, your thoughts, your reflections on that? Yeah, well, I'm going to start off with a personal story, which is a lot like that. You had a plan and then you have to quickly turn the plan. So on mm -hmm. that Thursday, the Thursday, the March, say 14th, I think it was 12th mm -hmm. or 14th. You might, you might have to get the calendar out. Um, 314 Pi day. Yeah. Well, I was on my way to, like SAP had their conference in, in Mexico. When I was on my way to Mexico, they had shut the conference. Yeah, yeah, down. me too. I, had, I was I, on my way down to Cancun. I was excited. We I were doing had, sales it, club it, down there in Cancun. There you go. We were drawing another family. So we still went. And I remember sitting in the car picking people up saying, this is a bad idea, but <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being outvoted here. So we actually went to Mexico, landed in Thursday night everything started to change, right? And mm -hmm. I remember on a Saturday, you know, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, got on the phone and said, if you're a Canadian abroad and you should get home, you really should go home now. Um, and we were on a plane that Sunday morning at 9 a.m. out of there. So it was a 48-hour trip to Mexico um, that 
Wait, wait, wait. You just had a 48-hour trip? Yeah, we got there Thursday night. We were back Sunday morning. Oh, was, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I got thrown off. I thought you meant that uh, it took you 48 hours. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be a one-week vacation, right? And that's, that's yeah. uh, I heard the news and I said, you know, change of plans. I'm getting really, I'm getting really uncomfortable here. Let's, let's get out of here. And you know, it almost transitioned to what people did in business, right? You're hearing this news, things are changing fast. Uh, mm-hmm. And you just got to say, what's the right, what's the right thing for me? Um, and I think it's to get back to home base, right? And yeah, I think customer, you know, our, like if I say, if I think of what our customers did, they did the same thing. There might've been grand marketing plans for the years or some, some expansion, but it was all bad news and it was changing fast. Uh, and I think people just retrenched back to, you know, their core businesses and, and threw everything out and said, it's, it's about our core business. It's about our core customers. And we have to settle down and, and do this until we know more, right? Um, yeah. And the changes came fast, right? And, and, and serious changes in Canada, right? I mean, you know, you can't go to the grocery store. That meant if I'm supplying a grocery store, what does that, that mean to me? And, and, you know, as you know, you know, PEI is famous for potatoes, and and all of a sudden they realized that mm-hmm. people aren't going to restaurants. I'm not, I'm not selling potatoes here, right? So yeah, everybody had a few of these months where, you know, maybe economically it wasn't going bad yet, but they were like, where is this going? And and you toss everything out. You do. You just go right back to I got I got to sit in a bit of a shell and figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it where was we were, a- then probably it was the June of last year, right? It was just where is this going? Sit and wait and patience because I mean it's a little bit tough. I mean, you look here northeast where I run, and it's like almost everything from DC up to Maine was closed to some degree, and it was it was tough because you know just sitting here watching the uh, TV, the news, refreshing the news yeah. as far as trying to figure out, you know. What are these governors coming out with? Because it's, you know, you have so many states, it's just updating so frequently. And it really does affect your business because, I mean, we're looking at it and it's like, wow, if a governor just extends a stay-at-home order, I mean, the opportunities in that pipeline are going to, you know, be very hard to sell. And it, it was. Now, I think... There was a transition, though, from going into 2020 to 2021. Uh, You know, we closed up the year 2020 in our region, I think, pretty strong for how it was. We we closed a number of deals. Um, In fact, our software sales, if you look at our statistics, I more than doubled the amount of software I sold from January to November, just in the month of December. Right. And I think that's because companies knew that they needed to make these purchases. They need these systems to advance their business. Things will get back to normal. But I, I think it's almost like COVID, in a sense, has become standard operating procedure to where in March, April, May, it was a surprise. We didn't know. We were trying to grasp our heads around it. Now, where we're at is people are used to it. It's a hindrance, but we're able to work and survive with it. Right. 
you know, back to, you know, you know, you started off that question about people through their marketing plans out the window specifically. Yeah. You know, I can go back to 2008. Um, I can remember that one pretty clear too, where all of a sudden come September, we were doing, uh, you know, we had bad news for different reasons, right? And, you know, and being a, a business school kind of guy, you know, they would say, keep spending the marketing money. This is your opportunity to, you know, spend against your customers and you'll come out the other side better, right? That's a tough, that's a tough ask, right? When business is mm-hmm. down, you see COVID and the whole world is going down for somebody to say, you know, here's a textbook that says you should keep spending. That's, that's doesn't resonate well with a, you know, a medium sized business run by, you know, a family, right? They, they hear that and they say, you know what, um, that's for somebody else. We're, we're, we're just going to stop, right? Um, I think a lot of companies did do it though, because I mean, if you look at, Google, for example, Facebook, their ad revenue. I mean, they were starting to hit some record numbers because right. now with people primarily being online, I mean, they're only they're not yeah. going to see your billboard. You know, maybe if you're on radio, you have more people listening to some radio, but I doubt it. Probably digital radio. I mean, you, you've got to put the ads through somebody like Google, Facebook. So I think a lot of companies did make that pivot. In fact, one of the first podcast it was the very first interview I did on this show was my buddy uh, from Cybertegic, James Shea. And he was telling us the story of one of his clients who actually came on the show for the next episode, Elizabeth Yang, um, on episode three. But the thing is, is like um, there was just so many people online then. After uh, uh, the first two, three months, uh, we were really able to look at the data. And she's primarily a business attorney, okay, for IP, business law, stuff like that. And they ended up pivoting to divorces because of all the data showing them that divorces were skyrocketing. (laughs) And here, her firm actually has hired about four or five more people since the pandemic started because they're that busy. Right. So it, it's right. pretty, pretty cool. I mean, she upped her marketing money and put it into where the data was telling her to put it. Right. So as you know, like where our role with our customers wouldn't be on what they do with marketing. We're not coming in as mm-hmm. business consultants around marketing their products. We're more on, you know, infrastructure and investments in, you know, running, you know, their business better, whether that's software yeah. or whether that's consulting. So where we thought that might slow down this time last year, it did not. It really accelerated. And, you know, you mentioned sales in Canada. I have, you know, the responsibility for all of it. And uh, it right. was great. Uh, on all sides of our business, we exceeded what we expected to do. You know, modestly, but if you compare to maybe what we thought the downside might have been this time last oh, year, yeah. um, you know, to come out a little bit ahead of plan was... <laughs> So it was one of my, the CEOs I talked to, you know, was, was always great for customers. He's like, flat is the new normal right now, man. If you guys came out a little mm-hmm. bit ahead of plan, that's, you did well, but, and, and we did. And it was really, you know, you have to give credit to these Canadian companies and business owners. They, you know, where you might know them in good times, they really regrouped. I mean, I, I thought we yeah. had quite a few talented or people I didn't know were so talented with how quickly they they changed their business or just focused on core operations. Right. Right? Yeah, there was there was a lot right. to learn. So, lots of impressive uh, customers we deal with for sure. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask you when you came on the show was 
during the middle of this pandemic, if I remember correctly, you had gone through an acquisition. How was that for you? Yeah. So that, ha- you know, I think we really need to know the date because I think that was the 12th of March of uh, last year and the whole world took a turn on that Monday. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Was- I think it was announced like April 1st or uh, yeah. May 1st within mm-hmm. our, our organization. But was there any nervousness about that happening during this time for you? Or do you feel like, oh, wow, thank God, things just lined up perfect? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad we had a great year in the end because I didn't want the legacy to be the, the guy who showed up, you know, kicked that off. Yeah. And that's where things <laughs> went. So, um, you know, it was an interesting time to start, too, because I, I was certainly given some, some tasks to go out and explain to the team about things mm-hmm. that we need to do and, and, what, and what we are expecting to be a tough year, right? So yeah. to be the new person, go deliver that message was was nothing I was really expecting. I was, you know, we always knew that Vision is a, is a growth company and I was expecting to kind of come in and talk about those kind of plans, but it took a quick, quick turn. But, you, you know, leading up to that, they're really, you know, we were starting to hear about, like in hindsight, Dave, you go back. I mean, we were yeah. really starting to hear about this in November of 2019. and. Yeah you know, why we were so naive is is something I think we'll all go back to explore, right? But, um, you know, January, February, March, it was, you know, business as, as usual. I was, you know, very interested to, to join Vision 33. I had known that management team and, and yourself and people mm-hmm. who work with Vision for a long time back to, you know, almost back to 2005. Yeah, We actually um, have some of the customers when you know, Vision had made some early decisions of, on Canada versus the U.S. And, and those customers came back to Vision, you know, 15 years later, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. But no, it, it was full steam ahead. Very excited. Um, you know, looking forward to, to taking over the role for Canada and then headed off to Mexico saying this is great. And then <laughs> Monday, Monday morning, I came back. I was expected to take a vacation for a week. And Monday morning, I was back to work saying... I think I should be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I think a lot of people are going to have different stories like that that they're going to be able to relate to during that time period. So let's um you know, we've been talking about the the past a lot and reflected for the last part of this interview here, why don't we change it up? Let's start looking. I mean, we're still early in 2021 yet. I mean, we're almost uh, into the fifth month of the year. Uh, what do you think the rest of this year is going to shape up like, especially around things like COVID? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, like any person, it's, you know, it's personal too, right? Because I have mm-hmm. a, a 21 year old who really should be over in Halifax in her apartment going to Dalhousie University instead she's home. I have another daughter that's uh, 17 and she's in Toronto going to catch kid at his national ballet school. She should be, she should be in one of their fabulous studio studios. Instead, her and her roommate have moved the kitchen table back and they're they're trying to learn to dance. <laughs> you know, in a condo in Toronto, which you know isn't big, right? So we're right. all watching this carefully and saying, you know, we understand what we're all what we all need to do to get through this, but wow, would it be ever nice to to make a change here, right? Or, or see that the vaccinations are, are going to at least let us know that it's September or whatever it might be to get back to normal. So watching it, you know, very closely personally from, you know, Vision 33 and the business side, 
you know, I think it's a lot, it's going to turn out to be a lot of what we saw, you know, last year. I think customers mm-hmm. are, have focused on the core business. I believe they've realized what the bottom might be. What if that's down 30%, you know, let's group regroup on the business at 30% and let's get it back to where it should be. And that's probably what I think our customers have already gotten through. So this year should be some some modest growth for them, right? Which really should be should be good for us. I just saw recently that you know Canada, sorry, yep. is uh, expected. This is the working from home thing. Somebody's having a, a blueberry <laughs> shake, which I will then get delivered in five minutes, which is one of the benefits of them being from home. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I think that we'll get. We've gotten past what the drop will be. So I'm expecting it to be a lot of the same. A lot of investment in digital, you know, e-commerce you know, integrations between anything before that was separated, um, EDI, all those things that just make a business maybe run, you know, more efficiently, maybe with a few less people, um, you know, and again, a focus on, on customers, which is what, you know, we have to do with ourselves, right? Uh, yeah. I'm seeing that Canada's forecasting four and a half, five percent 5% growth, but, you know, really, I think uh, the U.S. just reported a couple of days ago. It was like six, six point four, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, is pretty. But high. really, you know, through consumer spending. So what that means mm-hmm. back to our customers and who we deal with, I think we've learned that there really is a trickle down effect, whether it's retail closing or restaurants grows closing, right? So that should be good for our customers. Probably where we're seeing. You know, the least amount of pack up is just the net new, right? So yep. somebody comes in and says, look, is this the right time to make this big of a decision? Some people are saying it is because, you know, we have the staff here. And it's the right time to, you know, put the person effort into it. Other people are mm-hmm. saying this doesn't seem like, you know, a wise decision to provide that kind of money when things are still. that. That's what I think if there's one that I think too many companies, people, governments, organizations, they were stuck in their ways. You know, everybody, you've heard this cliche a billion times, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. And people were like, why do you want to improve things? Why do you want to make things better if it's already working? You know, don't reinvent the wheel, all that stuff. And I think the, the pandemic has force everybody to kind of reinvent themselves, reinvent their organization. And it really forced creativity upon us. For example, this podcast was birthed out of the pandemic. I can't network anymore. I can't do any of the live event shows I used to do. So it's like, I'm going to do a a podcast, pandemic podcast. And here we are, thousands of subscribers later. And it's going pretty good but with vision i mean it it allowed us i think to be more creative with some of our offerings that we got now some of it was already on the way you know like we have a multi-tenant environment that's low cost for smaller companies um you know but i think the pandemic has also kind of shaped how those offerings actually look to make it easier for companies to adopt technology like ours. I mean, even Zooms and Teams, look how much advancement they got over this past year because everybody's using it every day. I think the biggest thing that we learned, you know, is that 
I don't know if it's the nine to five workday is outdated, but I, I think that we learned that you don't have to be in an office every day, nine to five to be productive. Some people need to right. be big that, okay? You have the office for those type of people. Others, I mean, they thrive outside of the office, working on their own terms because they're saving on the commutes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's probably something everybody did learn. You know, another interesting point on that one is, is certainly, you know, as a, as a business owner or a manager, you know, maybe you had people in the office nine to five because if you, you left them on their own, they wouldn't get the job done, right? There was always that idea that that's maybe why right. people come into the office as well. And I've heard, I've heard none of that, which... And, you know, something I'm just thinking of right now, even from our customers, I, I didn't hear that they had a problem with their with that, with people from home. And, and that, that's uh, where I think the jobs of the future may be more task orientated or deliverable orientated rather than you've got to sit at a desk from nine to five. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. That'll be actually a very interesting rebound or not like what did we really learn from working from home because i would have saw customers at least four days a week and maybe made two trips right so i would have been somebody who really you know thrived on that interaction would have gotten you know more out of what can i offer by seeing people and seeing plants and facilities right so this has been 14 months and i haven't i haven't been on to see a customer right so right you know will we all rebound and say now that we can go like i'm out the door right or say you know i've learned some new ways um i think we go back to you know that on physical presence i think we all need that especially in this industry it's going to be hybrid yeah i i agree that's where i'm going i think if you if you do well in our industry you're you're probably that type of person that enjoys you know meeting people and seeing people Mm -hmm. face to face but we definitely have all learned that wow you can lose a lot of time moving around Uh, oh yeah I think of the cities we do business in, like Toronto and Vancouver. I mean, that's, you know, there's one, there's one visit a day. And, you know, quite often a customer doesn't have eight hours worth of an agenda for you, right? So you lose a ton right. of time. Um, so everybody's appreciating that I can get you for an hour or two at a time much easier. So it, it will yeah. be hybrid 50 50, not sure. But mm-hmm. I think we've learned something that will stay with us. Absolutely. We have a lot of customers out here in the Northeast that we're working with that have essentially downsized or eliminated their offices. I mean, we have right. one customer that has um, basically, it's think of it like a studio apartment. That's their new office just to have okay. a physical location. And everybody else is working from home. And that's how they're doing things permanently. Guys, like, hey, I'm saving like a hundred thousand a month, uh, a year in uh, rent by doing this. But if you look, if you look at us, like tech, technology companies, you, you and I have been using remote tools for how long? Ten yep. years or more? Uh, I've well, I've worked for Vision for five and a half years, completely right, remote. Right. And when did you start turning the camera on? Like for me, it was last year. Right. Uh, I, it was a bad. I. I I had some camera on, but mostly the camera was on for internal calls. External with clients, no, because usually they didn't have the cameras on, stuff like that. And that was okay because most of the people we were meeting in person to some degree. So it's like, you know, they've already met me, blah, blah, blah. Now that 
we're all completely remote and this is the only way I can build the personal relationship, whether they have their camera on or off. I have mine on because I want them to see when I speak to them that I'm speaking authentically, that I'm not like saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of you, you know, like while rolling my eyes. I, you know, to me, a lot of credit goes to turn the camera on. So you've done this for years mm-hmm. and years, years with remote meetings, remote demonstrations. You know, there was mm-hmm. no need to turn the camera on. Maybe you had seen the customer that you demoed to or you were going to see them. So it didn't seem important. But the camera on. Yeah. Division 33 team in Canada yeah. with customers has, has been huge. If, if we didn't have that, I think we would have, um, you know, we would have struggled through this a, a bit more. But it is it is interesting now that all of our meetings with our team, it's cameras on. All of the meetings with the customers, it, it's cameras on, right? And that's, I can say on our side, that's that's new within the last year and, and very consistent and very you know, open to what somebody has on the go on the other side, which is the funny part, right? Is that the stories are hilarious of what's happened in the last yeah. year. Yeah. 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 It's been great. Hey, this has been great. I appreciate giving us some insight into your life choices, how you went down the path that you went. You gave us some good stuff to reflect upon and also about how the market's going to be. This has been fun, Blake. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. Thanks for the invite. Oh, no problem. You can now leave the shark tank. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I've never said that again. There you go. <laughs> I'll see you, Blake. Cheers. Okay, talk to you again. Bye-bye. Wow, such a fun discussion with Blake, wasn't it? Did you love it? I loved it. First, you all know the routine. If you love this episode, do us a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button. If it only says follow hit the follow button. (laughs) No matter what it is, join us. We're a community like-minded individuals just trying to grow personally, professionally, and most importantly, grow our businesses. That's what Shark Bite Biz is about. But if you really want to do us a solid, you know, share us out. Get us on LinkedIn. Get us on Twitter. Get us to out on Facebook. Help your friends discover Shark Bite Biz. I'd love nothing more than to see Blake Barkhouse, Shark Bite Biz, and Vision 33 out there trending in the wild. So let's get back to our rock star guest, Blake. Really great story. Really great person. And I must say, he's a very well-rounded individual with a deep sense, I guess, like a real deep set of knowledge around business operations, all that stuff. And that discussion we had, it really kind of showed it. Uh, You know, he has something that I think is both book smart, and then I guess you could say it's kind of street smart, too, as far as having that irreplaceable experience that... You know, you just can't really fake. And it comes out when you start hearing his thinking methodology on what he thinks on a, you know, a couple different items that we discussed during that interview. Now, for new listeners, I'm sure we got a bunch of new listeners out there that are first or second time listening to us now that we had our episode with Soledad O'Brien out. But, you know, just I like doing full disclosure. Vision 33 is my day job. You know, Shark Bite Biz, it's my little personal passion project on the side. So Blake is a VP at the company that I do work for during the day. But, you know, but that's actually a benefit in this case because of our existing relationship. I think it really allowed us to go in there 
and get those down and dirty, just raw conversations that probably wouldn't have happened if we didn't already know each other. And, you know, when we get to somebody with the experience and the level that Blake is at, you know, hearing their mind and hearing what was going through their head, their attitudes about 2020 from before COVID to after COVID, you know, it's really kind of critical at this point as we start to evaluate where we go from here in business, as a society, personally, professionally, all that stuff combined. I really think that it's time that we stop making 2020 a meme about how bad it was and start looking at it for examples of, hey, when X happens, we need to do Y, you know, and, and start getting those types of, you know, case scenarios built. So that way, whether it's a micro case scenario or more of a macro case scenario, like another pandemic down the road, we all are better, not only just as an individual, but as a business uh, and hopefully as a society as well, too. So Blake did say when you get into those situations, his instinct, and this is one of those details that I was talking about where I, I was saying that you just can't fake it. It comes from real life experience is Blake's instinct was to ask yourself, what's the right thing for me? And his answer was home base. OK, that is an important, almost a critical takeaway. So many companies got involved, or I guess you could say almost distracted to a degree, by doing other things that weren't their core business. They were dibbing in this, they were dibbing in that. And honestly, if 2020 didn't happen, that's probably not a bad thing. You have to diversify and, you know, broaden out. Um, you know, I think that's that's natural for a lot of companies to do. But for most of our customers, it was like, hey, we need to get back to the core business of what we do. Focus what we're best at. Let's ride this sucker out. And they did. And they're doing really good. Now, other companies, though, their core business, it, it was just no longer possible. They had to evolve and change. They had to remain fluid with the situation of the pandemic as the situation, you know, evolved, I guess you could say. So looking forward, though, I, I do think that innovation is really going to be the key for success. Uh, you know, since that initial, hey, let's get back to home base scenario that I think most companies went through, including ours, Vision 33, we launched a lot of new innovative products, you know, from SAP, Sage Intact, our P2P software, iDocument, Softbox.io. We did all of that during the pandemic. And our company hasn't had it easy. But I, again, I think it's because of the leadership of people like Blake and that let's get back to home base scenario that really kind of help us get through the tougher time and position ourselves pretty nicely. And in some ways, many ways, we're, we're, we're growing as a company. So it's pretty cool. And that's something I think you all can take home. You know, we ended up taking adjustments, but 
you got to remember, innovation is more than just being able to launch a new product to fit the market at hand. And the market changed and evolved before our eyes because of COVID. It includes people intelligence as well, too. And like Blake was saying, should I drive two hours for a 20-minute meeting? We undoubtedly are going to get back to those in-person meetings and stuff like that, hopefully soon. Now, we've got to kind of figure out like, hey, where's that balance? Is it worth it for me to drive that two hours for a 20-minute call? You know, probably not. You're going to see the world through a different lens now going forward. And the reason that you're going to do that is because right now you're living through that lens. You know that there's an alternative and there possibly is a better way to do it. And that's really, I think, what the core of what he's saying about that hybrid approach for the in-person versus remote. You know, like... Everybody said so far that's been on this show, we have all proven it can be done. Question is, how much of it should we do? So question of the day, what's the biggest mistake you made during the pandemic? I bet there's a lot out there. I'd love to hear those. Do you want to be on the show? If so, send an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com remember join the channel three dollars a month you can support us on youtube you become a baby shark you get some exclusive perks or if you want coffee go to deadhousecoffee.com zombie themed coffee use code shark you get 20 percent off of your order and everything that comes through there actually supports this channel right here so once again, you all know this by now. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.